0: Wait, oh, he help yourself to a drink, Buffalo yeah. Trace or Jameson. Help yourself, bro. Really good that Buffalo Trace. We're off. I <laughs> fuck. <laughs> you know, uh, Martin didn't realise uh, your actual name, but he just thought your actual name was Chief for ages. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: shit. Yeah. And Everyone went, thinks that. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I was lucky. I kind of like clued in pretty quickly, but it was an easy thing to fall for. But then again, Martin also thought. Uh, like, tin baked beans was just a cut-up version of tin spaghetti until he was, like, 23. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah, he was telling me that recently, and I'm like... "This this Martin? Yeah, this is Martin. And I was like, how... Th- God help that boy. That's Dude. I was like, how the fuck did you go so long thinking that, you know? So, it was bullied in school. Yeah. Home school, yeah. Yeah, yeah, school, yeah. The, um... He fucking... I was telling uh, Kay just before he got here. Mm-hmm. Like, it made me piss myself when, like, the first time we'd seen each other in ages and we went for a, a drink after that show. Yeah. And, like, you seen, Like, he's just seen me chug down that margarita <laughs> and you're like, Okay, boys, this is why you don't go drinking with your white. Chug down the margarita. Yeah.
1: I'm calling the alcohol, man. I was like, man.
0: Yeah, so... Actor, comedian fucking Chief Kose and a rapper so it's like it's a fucking You're real actor yeah he's an actor God. too man yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. multifaceted You're I know right yeah this is like gonna be the next fucking Kevin Hart ride here well yeah. I'm there for it I'm yeah. there for yeah. it yeah. Yeah. except he you know he can get on a roller rollercoaster <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's gotta be some rides Kevin Hart can't get on because I'm not that tall myself but mm-hmm. like I see him in comparison to some people nah, it blows my mind it's
2: not even to wait because I went to Adventure World the other day I was getting violated bro what? So Eventually, like, I'm like another week. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a weight thing now. And God like, damn it. Like, but it's like 30 people behind Then They can like stand on the weight thing. And it's like, <laughs> nah, too heavy. I'm <laughs> like, Whoa, this is I was like, bullshit. 30 minutes with this yeah. shit. You told yeah. me i too heavy. Can I you know? pay for
0: two tickets instead?
2: <laughs> no, bro. I don't even do that. Because one of the rides where it's like two people. Oh, right. So it's like me and someone else.
0: Oh, right, right, and, like, right, And i like,
2: the offset was too much. I was like, let me take one of these little kids that weigh like 10 kilograms. I'm going down with
0: him. Jesus, I love the Muhammad Ali shirt, bro. Oh yeah, it's uh, she's got a few icons on um, top: Madonna,
1: Tupac, Nas, Pacino, Jay Z. Yeah, yeah
0: that's it's crazy icons. So I saw this uh movie recently. I was browsing through fucking this uh, catalog of movies yeah. on this website mm-hmm. um. It's technically an illegal streaming site, so... Yeah, as soon as you said website. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was like, the 70s and the 80s was a particularly weird time for animated movies. And there was this one film I came across. I don't even know if I can pronounce the name. It's how blatantly offensive it is. Um, It's C-O-O-N Skin. And it's just... That's
2: that's crazy.
0: Dude, it's just... Animated
2: film? (laughs) Yeah, it's
0: an animated film about uh Harlem in the 70s and it is just like it it, it did you watch it? Yeah, I did. Yeah, did yeah. Watch? I, 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 I love <laughs> <dude, laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. You know I watched that shit. It's like I watched it and I was like I could not believe cuz it was made in the 1975, but I was watching it and it's like just with like the caricatures of black people that they have in it. Mm. I was like, this is closer to like 1920s entertainment. Like no, this okay. is, this must have been offensive at the time. This must have been like... There's just too recent. I'm trying to think like 1907, I was long on around? Um, Even animation-wise, I don't know. 1907, well, like it was like, uh, like, what, what, what was some big films? It was like post-Pinocchio. Have you ever seen Pinocchio? Like that. If you
1: say it was basically uh, uh what's the word? Um, Offensive back then. Yeah. Imagine how it would be right now.
0: Dude, it would be That's like. What yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I mean. <laughs> That's not Netflix. It's like this film needs to be investigated because it was like. First off, it was hilarious, but yeah. that must have been like that generation's. Uh, what was that Robert Downey Jr. film where he was in blackface? Um, oh, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. <laughs> yeah. That was that generation's Tropic Thunder because it's like. Tropic Thunder was like raising eyebrows when it came out. Mm-hmm. Like and that, that came out in two thousand and eight, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, shit! And it's like that was raising eyebrows then, and it's yeah. like now it would just not get made. Now it's, it's
1: like, like, now is just like everyone's just offended, offended and shit. Mm-hmm. Even um, even the bundocks was on. Boondocks is oh on. man, even yeah. Boondocks was on Netflix. That's you one of the funniest shows ever. No no yeah, fucking hilarious.
0: Yeah, Uncle <laughs> Ruckus even is one of the this. greatest. Characters and Ella. they made him black. Ella. Yeah, oh man, ah,
2: yeah.
1: oh, dude, it was uh, it's hilarious. God bless the white guy. Yeah. Well, well, well,
0: what do we have here if it isn't? Two? Oh man, I gotta re watch that show. Yeah, so do I, yeah I've yeah. watched
2: it in so many years. Yeah, I have so many clips for it
0: now fucking so the last show we did together we Mm -hmm. both got gonged off but the show we did before that was what actually pretty good so we did a gong the last gong show we did together weird audience that night I think even when I got
1: gonged off the um I think the owners were like oh shit why'd you get gonged
2: off and then like three plates were up
1: yeah and I was like "Ah, so with the
2: gong show I know it's like the crowd puts up the gongs. Who, who like, calls it, like, all right, that's enough, switch. Oh,
0: they got, like, a gong master. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, th- yeah. I, th- I think that gong master was out to murder a lot of comedians that yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Because that gong master is a yeah, it's yeah. yeah. She's not going to listen to this, you know. <laughs> but is but it she, she? does, fuck Yeah. With- is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. I shouldn't have assumed gender, <laughs> chief. Yeah, sorry, bro. No, that was a fucking shit night. It was particularly sad, considering, like, the last show we did together, which I think was only the week mm. before, yeah. you and I did really fucking well. Like,
1: mm. but yeah. but then again, it's like I just I just take everything as like an uh, opportunity, regardless of of whoever it is or however it is. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, okay, cool, uh, I got gonged off. Great. What was the reason for it? You know, I try to like. There was a white it. woman
0: who had the power. I, <laughs> I try to. I try to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Really I, try I try to re- <laughs> retrace,
1: you know, and just see where I went wrong and all that. I was like, ah, oh, it's whatever, really. It doesn't, doesn't really change the fact that um, as a comic, you gotta, you gotta grow
0: and grow and just like try to better yourself every mm. day or every other day. Well, you know, so. don't you find like, and you might be able to talk about this too, okay, but mm. like, don't you find that uh, it's like the shows that go fucking badly you learn the most as a performer from. Like, I find, like, I, I learned more about... More about performing on shows I did terribly at mm-hmm. than any show I did good at, you know? It's mm-hmm. Like, you go away and you think it's like, I fucking... It's like, I should have known by looking at that audience not to do those jokes. or no. I could have gone on with more energy. I didn't psych <clears throat> myself up. and It's all these things mm-hmm. that go on beforehand. So, it's like, yeah. yeah.
1: We're, we're, we're different, though. I, I analyze... Um my best performances mm. more because i want to know um what what i did that was different mm. you know and and with comedy sometimes um as as good as your materials are mm. and as good as you would want to be the and as uh as much as i hate to say it, the audience sometimes has the power yeah you know you know what i mean so it's the really good performances that i really check and be like okay cool um, what What was about it that was really good that I can improve on yeah or you know because I want to be better than this yeah because I feel like I can be better this is just like a, a fraction yeah of what I think I can I can be or I can do so
2: hmm. that's I mean, a good mindset to have yeah that's
0: well how do you analyze your performances like in both good and bad like
2: I mean I kind of relate to what you guys were both saying like in what you were saying like this. there's times where I go into a into a room and it's it's a crowd that I don't know, which means they don't know my lyrics. It's a people in the lineup that I don't know. So I'm just out my element. Yeah. Now I'm playing away. I'm at a I'm an away crowd. And I'll just kinda I'll just I'll just experiment. As soon as I know I'm in like a different environment, I'll experiment and then I can even though it's gonna be a bad shot, I know it's gonna be. I can at least try new new I guess what you guys would call material. Mm. New material and, and just learn from that. Yeah. Cause I'm not gonna go out there and, and do my bangers and I'm still going to give a hard show, but I'm not going to stick to a script when I don't think it's going to work. So I might as well try out this unreleased stuff and this and
0: that. Right. So you try, you like see that unfamiliar territory as an opportunity to try unfamiliar shit yourself. Yeah. Whereas sounds it's like, nice exactly yeah, right. when you're, but like, that's funny you say that because like I was, I was talking to a comedian, Jay Raymond recently, mm-hmm. who, who will be appearing on the pod and, Really, really swell comedian. You've met Jay, right? Mm. Yeah. He gave me some really good advice on like in terms of like how to impress rooms because, you know, Jay was like, you know, he said I had a really good show the last time we did the factory. I did well. He was happy with it. And we've done shows together before. But he was like, man, if you want to start impressing rooms and getting offered spots, what you need to do is you need to repeat a perfect five in front of them. So it's like, you need to repeat like a perfect set in front of them. And after that, it kind of changed my mentality of it's like, well, some rooms I need to go in and I need to Im- impress both the crowd and the people running the room. Other rooms I go into are strictly like an experimental space. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like, that was one thing I noticed where mm-hmm. like, I was like, I've got to, got to be <clears throat> more careful where I do my experiments and how I do my experiments, so mm-hmm. to speak. As a comedian,
2: mm. how do you discern that? How do you know which crowds will you experiment? It's, it's different with the um,
1: with the comedians, though. It just depends on, on how the comedian feels comfortable and on certain shows to do it. Like me, I was um, discussed with Alex sometimes that I generally sometimes like to try new materials at the gunk show. Mm. Reason being is that, okay, on the lineup, um, much respect to all the comedians there, but I feel like most of the comedians with their good shit mm. you know good 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 so i just want to try um setting materials there because the crowd is hash you know you might mm-hmm. get gonged off i like to take that risk because i feel like if it works here mm-hmm. but even if it works like 60 percent, mm-hmm. i can go back home and perfect it and be like okay cool mm-hmm. well it's not a normal crowd it's a crowd that um you've got three minutes to survive and they're trying to like gong you off as soon as possible mm-hmm. so if i last that long yeah i'm like cool this material is it's yeah. On it. yeah yeah sorry it's, that's how I, at open mics, I just I just do whatever really. Like I just do, type five or same old materials or whatever. Because I feel like, the crowd knows it's open mic mm. and they're more acceptance to you mm-hmm. as opposed to the gong, mm. wherein they feel like you should bring your best shit. You're, yeah, so that's yeah. So that's just, yeah, so so that's just like my own, own, own,
2: um,
0: well, perspective. I'm that. curious to ask you guys this: mm-hmm. How do you find like what's the right energy and tempo to Uh, perform a certain part of your performance act because I remember the last time I got gung off my like I did a joke which like on paper I was very very happy with Mm -hmm. but I felt like I delivered it way too aggressively and way too energetically I did it at another show recently, and I dialed the energy right down, and it mm. crushed. Like I, I leveled the room with it. Mm-hmm. But then other jokes, like that—that's not like that's not exactly my style. Like I kind of go from like low energy to high energy to different kinds of things. Like different jokes need you know different energies. So it's like, how do you guys discover that energy for yourselves?
2: With music, it's a bit different because all that happens you know, weeks or days before because we've got our set list and it's not Mm. something we could kind of do on the fly. It's like this song comes and this song comes. So if I'm doing a hype set...
0: Well, say that when you start creating it though. Yeah. When when you start creating it. When I start
2: creating it, it, well, first it's what I want to do. Yeah. So, okay, if I want to do a hype set but I look at it and it's, you know, the venue is like a dimly lit, small, intimate room. Mm. So I'm like, is there anywhere I can make this hype set intimate with the crowd so i can still do it And if i can't mm. then i'll just choose like a more mellow you know i might ask them to bring a stool out for me so i'm mm. there so i can get really close and we're like nitty-gritty with it yeah but it, pretty much all that happens before you can't really do it when you're on stage unless you're really tight with like your dj or producer yeah you're, you're able to work the crowd and they know like oh he's gonna go with this next So like if mm. i start talking about the track and they know it they could you know dial it up get it ready mm. and all that but yeah it's a bit different on, mm. this, on this side here yeah.
0: And you, chief? how do you find, like, you find that energy to deliver certain types of jokes? Because I know you much yourself, like, some jokes you deliver so calmly and then other jokes you bring a higher energy to. Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think with me, um, I always have uh, I really plan. I always mm-hmm. have, like, two sets of materials, right? Right. But even the way I would deliver those set of materials with comedy, it's a bit different with music. Um, from my own perspective, I'll speak about myself, is that I feel... Um, it's just how I feel on the day, right. really. It's How I feel on the day and how it is like the. I just prepare myself five minutes before I get up, because like, I already know what I'm gonna say. Yeah. So I try to get in that certain type of zone. Sometimes if I feel like I'm forcing it, I'm like you know what, I'll just go and just do and just do whatever based on based mm. on how I'm feeling. So with certain jokes, obviously, with comedy, it's a build up. Yeah. You know, so you got to start with like the low energy. Get people understanding your type of materials, and then you slowly build up into riskier materials, and just see how it, how it builds up. Like as you say, certain jokes I do very calmly. Certain jokes I do it at a very high pitched. So I wouldn't really do the high, um, energy jokes at the beginning because mm. I feel like I'm also trying to understand the crowd. Mm. So it's just because uh, you don't want to get them on a high level. Then you say jokes that need like a medium. Yeah. Yeah. So, I just it's weird how you
0: see those like, like there are a few comedians who come to mind both on like in the, in the, in the legendary status of comedy, Mm -hmm. but also in like the local status of comedy, but you get Andrew Wolfie, who's just managing to like maintain this static energy throughout his set and Mm -hmm. like no full stop. And then you get Tim Kershaw, who's just this, it's like he almost acts like he doesn't know what he's going to say next, but it's mm-hmm. like perfectly delivered every time. Mm-hmm. And then if we talk about like probably the more legendary comedians, like um, a good example would be like Norm Macdonald mm-hmm. or like um, uh, Patrice O'Neill where they're just like calm, perfect, mm-hmm. level-headed delivery the entire time. Mm-hmm. And like it, so so it's weird when you see someone who doesn't seem to be ramping up into more things they just maintain an energy the entire mm-hmm. time
1: i think i think with uh comedians um like the the mm. local comedians coming up right i feel your persona with comedy and how you perform mm. starts by how who you watch when you started yeah we've spoken comedy. about this yeah. yeah so basically that has a huge persona on how you perform it's after now you start finding yourself yeah. yeah so you might find yourself that okay cool you know what actually um, me performing comedy like this like you know not like a higher pace mm. it works perfectly for me mm. and with some they're like you know what I started watching comedians like this so I feel like this is me I found myself yeah with um with a high energy so speaking about wolfie I've got a huge respect for wolfie great comedian and wolfie likes to feed off the crowd right yeah the, his performances that he that he did once that was on a lineup on uh, the comedy on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a great performance from my own perspective, but he felt like he didn't because he felt like he um did not reciprocate um with the crowd. Yeah. So he was very, you know, how Wolfie does his high pace. He felt like the crowd wasn't as high pace as he was. Mm. You know, so I, 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 I say that again, it just depends on, on the comedian, mm-hmm. his persona and how he wants his persona to be seen.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, it's funny Okay, when we talk about, like, because Chief has talked me about that before, how, like, you in some ways pick up and reflect the people who, like, you aspire to be in a way. So, for me, the, the two comedians I have probably watched the most of is Norm Macdonald, Nick Mullen, and Patrice O'Neill. Like those are the three main yeah. ones. It's a good three <laughs> yeah so like if you watch like if, if we're talking about rap what are those like ones for you what are those rappers for you that you watch a lot of when you were first inspired and first getting into performing
2: ah good question good question when you say like watching them there's not too many because i didn't really watch a lot of or listen yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. for me it's listening yeah. so like i listen to so much lil wayne and so much 50 Cent, like at like the right time that I needed to when I was growing up in those fundamental years. Mm. Before I had anything planned to do with music, I just listened to them. Yeah. Like there was like a Lil Wayne album, Carter 3, that I wasn't allowed to listen to in the house. So I would like go to the park and just sit there with a couple of guys and I just listened to it. Mm. We all just listened to it. And that's that was like me escaping home just to do that. Yeah. And then 50 Cent, like I had the game, I had, you know, the Get Rich or Die Trying album. So those two rappers are instantly the first ones that come to mind. That I just know way back in my childhood, I was always yeah. playing that shit. But, you know, growing up, there was heaps. There was Drake's. There was, like, so much underground stuff when I started tapping into it. And I grew up dancing as well. So, there was, like, a yeah. whole producer side of that shit as well that I was really into. Yeah. It's
0: weird you say dancing where, like, because... So you say you come from dancing. Now I only speak as someone who's ever really wanted to do comedy. Yeah. But like I've recently discovered in my comedy act, I've like kind of a talent for voices and accents and impersonations. Mm -hmm. Whereas like, then you get like chief. So I I know that like you started out acting.
1: Yeah. Comedy was never, yeah. Never. I didn't even think about it.
0: Yeah. But then you came into comedy as like a new creative expression Mm -hmm. and then it Ended up working out really well for you, yeah. Because you've you've like performed in like the eastern states, Mm -hmm. and like, yeah, I believe you've also like been to America as well. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll shut the fuck up then. (laughs) No, planning to, planning to actually, yeah, planning (laughs) to. Yeah,
1: planning to, planning to. Yeah, Yeah. but with comedy as well, right? Uh, Eastern states, as she mentioned, and um, obviously Perth. And other sizes, it's very, it's very different, Mm. very different in in a way, you know, and I feel like, um, people normally say, um, Eastern States have got a lot of, uh, basically competition Mm. and as people normally say, better comedians, but I just feel like Perth have special comedians, Mm. special comedians in a way that the way we deliver, um, our materials, topic choices Mm. can match that, Mm. you know what I mean? In terms of like comparison, but, the the crowd in the Eastern States are more open and appealing to, to comedians. Let's say how um, Jay gave you that um, advice in regards to setting rooms, you have to try and all that. But with the Eastern States where I've performed really, I feel like depending on the night mm. and how it is, you can pretty much come up with any material you want. They're more open up to it. They're more open up to you setting setting choices Mm. and topic choices like there's like
2: a a culture for it
1: yeah yeah like one of the uh, your materials that i said that you did at the gong show i was like man this is really top-notch materials Mm. in in regards to your comparing was it the 19 sometime in the 1900s as opposed to now when you're like oh um pronouns they and them
0: oh yeah yes yes yes. eastern states yeah
1: culture people are more willing and open up to to whatever you gotta say, however. Yeah. How I'm so proud of that it. joke, making fun yeah. of old
0: people. Uh, the <laughs> it's the mess, it's the yeah, it's uh, making fun of old people. Yeah, I He's was scared. like, I, I I had a f- more fleshed out version of that joke because the joke was, it was like, uh, the joke was, it was like, um, like I have mixed feelings about performing to uh, older people mm-hmm. um, because, in one sense, uh, I think they can be a bit hypocritical. Like it's like, like oh young people these days are so triggered like even if you use the wrong pronouns or something like that and it's like yeah but, but you guys would have been triggered if a black dude used the same water fountain as you back in the day you know <laughs> no, yeah, <shit>. yeah. <laughs> so well,
2: I had a job that I was doing my day job at one of my last jobs and it's like a an apartment complex in Claremont mm-hmm. nice area Claremont so immediately I'm okay rich area rich family boom it's an old lady an old man walks out. He, he comes up to me and he starts, he starts chatting up. And I know where it's going. Like, when you talk to old people, it's always coming to this one question. It's like, so where are you from? <laughs> no man, though. always ask me that. Where, where are you like, from? I can just see it coming up. And he's anyway. like, hey, where are you from I'm like uh, half South Sudanese half at the open. and they start telling you shit about someone that's in Kenya <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, you know you know Jared he's like, a very you know, nice did, guy like, I
2: worked with him that, that car over there he's belongs a... to someone in South Africa like, <laughs> yeah. what yeah. <laughs> anyways he starts telling that, about this joke that he heard it was so crazy that he was well i was so disrespectful because he would say it but he doesn't even realise it it was something about when he was on like a a plane and the plane was coming from Ethiopia or something and he was expecting a 747 but some skinny small plane came and he was like oh it matches the territory oh fuck, <laughs> oh, fuck. <hell>. there's <laughs> no way you just said that to me not, not yeah, that's, and he just like laughed that was a silly joke <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel, feel like, like they're just crazy. trying to get um,
1: get accepted in the yeah. sense that they're trying to um, basically yeah. resonate with you, yeah, yeah, like this stuff. Will. So, but they don't know that what they're doing. is just like I'll <laughs> this is 20- and I'm my Australian um, accent bang. goes to ten. I'm I'm trying
2: to you know cut the tension. I'm like, how you doing, mate? And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> instantly, tension gone. One time, I
1: was having a conversation. Um, well, not a conversation. I was on the street actually, um, just having a chat with one of the agents for acting. So mm. this lady came up to me oh where are you from you know she had, no, actually i i i initiated the conversation because she had a, a dog I that's Oh, that's a beautiful dog yeah. and i was i thought that was the end of it she's like oh um um where are you from and i was like okay i'll um, have a guess and she's like africa i was like yeah no shit but <laughs> yeah yeah the west part african and all of that and she's like you speak really good english i was like what well, for an african <laughs> and then she was like, no, I didn't mean to say that. I was a missionary in Kenya. I was like, bitch, I don't even know Kenya. I, don't, I don't even know. <laughs> Africa is a big continent. Like, it's yeah. got so much culture, so many people, but... I feel
0: like Kenya is so popular for white people. It's, just, it's like... Yeah, they've got tourist? missionaries and, yeah. like, safaris. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and they just go there and They've got a like, casino or something yeah. for Australians or something Oh,
1: like man, that. they just feel like every African just knows every other... Hmm. Person in
0: Africa. Yeah. Oh my! Oh, do you know this person? No. Yeah, yeah. It's like the, it's, it's like no. We're all different. They're basically <laughs> white in Egypt. Goddamn yeah. it! You know. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: just just geography, really.
0: It's so it, it's. I feel like particularly from older people, older people, and I, I noticed this with my dad. And I love my dad. I'm hell tired with him. Mm. But he's the mad racist one, eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, like uh, <laughs> I love to meet your dad. Yeah, oh, he would love to meet you too.
2: <laughs> um, oh, meeting openly racist people is a crazy, yeah. funny no,
0: Like the crazy thing is, my dad just like says shit so matter of factly. I remember I introduced him to a gay friend of mine, and this gay friend was like pretty cool. And I'd like forewarned uh, this gay friend of mine who was at this party I was hosting. Like, yeah, hey, my my dad's gonna be there. And like, don't worry, he won't commit a hate crime on you. But like, he may say it. some pretty insensitive shit. And he was just like, oh my God, it's, it's fine, man. I don't care. And he fucking said to this guy, um, fucking, it's like, you know, scientists theorize these days that uh, uh, homosexuality could be uh, caused by a bacterial infection in the womb. And I'm like, that's like, in, in some ways... Where it's the like, fuck does your dad get this information? I have from no clue. Racist Pedia Dude, like, do, oh, like <laughs> the deepest, most racist homophobic part of Reddit, it must be. But like the fact that he was just like, like I heard this and I was like, Dad, I'm really sure... Uh, my friend loved having his sexual preferences conf- yeah. like compared to an infection. Mm-hmm. You know, it was
1: just like I just I just like people who has different opinions to me. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to know why yeah. you have that opinion. But a question to you, Alex how How is your comedy journey um, so far, and what what you could say is the biggest hurdles that you have overcome.
0: I think, uh, well, for starters, it's uh, I feel like it's going particularly after Fringe. Fringe was a huge time for me because David Morgan Brown and I, like, did this little show together with a few other comedians. And it was just a little affair, but it was such a learning curve for me. Mm-hmm. And then I had this, this string of, like, six or seven shows where I did really, really fucking well. I was so mm-hmm. happy with, like, my output and my writing output and my style of writing, like... I feel like the, the way I write jokes has gotten better too. Not Mm -hmm. just my delivery, but like, I mean, you said it yourself. Like you saw me when I first started. Yeah. And then most recent performances, I like, I feel confident that my like writing Mm -hmm. has progressed. Um, I find the, the the biggest hurdle, particularly in Perth is like, is just getting the rooms Mm -hmm. because it's like, there's, they've got specific people that they, well, like there's certain, you know, (laughs) know, I'm not going to mention names, but like there's some politics going on in Perth comedy. No, and there is there comedy is. politics, but I just crazy. I, I yeah. stay away from it, man. I just yeah, yeah, that's
1: all you can do. I just disappear, man. And yeah, I appear sometimes. But like,
0: room. there are enough rooms that are like super friendly and super accommodating. Like Nick Hunter at the Windmill, mm-hmm. great room.
1: I'd love to perform there actually. I've been. Um, You've
0: never performed there, I never. Dude, have. it's a really fun room.
1: Never have. Most times that we've reached out on the on the days, I've just been. Um, I had some other things to do, but dude. I just go down
0: there, there on a Friday at seven seven thirty because mm. often they'll just if a comedian rocks up, they'll just put you on. Yeah, I'll speak
1: to That's Nick. i nice. yeah. this speak like? Yeah,
0: this is at Como uh, near the windmill. Like windmill, yeah, the windmill. So you know, storm. as you drop, as you like, you oh, go the freeway? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's right freeway. there. Yeah, yeah. I thought
2: that was like heritage or something. It is a heritage. Oh, right. there's like okay, there's
0: like a little performative coming heritage now. Okay, heritage, but like.
2: That's, I was gonna ask, is there, is there like a like an epicenter of like the comedy scene? Like is there like a like a building that's kind of just like where it all happens, like the heart of the scene? I, I
0: mean, mean, I suppose not really. Nah, they've got
2: so many rooms, yeah. It's okay, yeah. Now yeah, there's more just, rooms than ever. Like just they just
0: choose. opened two new rooms at the Ellington and then another mm. one. I I forget the other one. But then me and David Morgan Brown are running our little room in Leaderville, which mm. is like really starting to pick up now, which we're pretty happy with. Mm. But like yeah, the, the, there's enough accommodating rooms where it's like you mm. you can avoid the politics of yeah. it. So I'm,
1: uh, I'm trying to test this um, this theory, right? Um, I'm currently working on getting a room, right? And um, and how I'm trying to get this room
0: is uh
1: is trying to accommodate it for like an all black audience, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, because I feel like um.
0: Can I be the one token white boy? No, no. no.
1: no. <laughs> what I mean by um, the performance, um, the comedians, obviously, it's not going to be black. Yeah. What I mean is the whole crowd right. is going to be black. It's just to just to see, um, just to get comedians to probably test other waters as well with terms of like materials and see that's when you kind of neutralize your materials. Because obviously, what people don't understand is setting um, materials for black people
0: mm.
1: don't work for, for white people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And setting materials for white people Black people would just be like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? <clears throat> mm. Yeah, but it kills with a white crowd. Mm. So it's just that theory of testing. Okay, um, this material didn't work with a, with, a, with a black crowd. What if I'm performing somewhere and there's like a neutral crowd, like blacks and whites? How can I basically um, get this joke to flow and all of that? So that's a theory I'm trying to
0: i And I've, already, I've already got a great joke for the room. Yeah. This room. I want to go in there and I'm going to say, it's like, I get so nervous before I go on stage. My friends have to remind me, just imagine there's no one in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great because I don't have to imagine it here guys <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking funny you know, it's like I like my dad <laughs> <laughs> and, and my dad one. is you know
1: my dad is I'm yeah. different from my dad <laughs> yeah. no I don't Some, someone someone love. It. I feel like comedy is all about um, nothing is funny like nothing nothing, nothing no no to be honest nothing is funny bro it's just how you say it and the confidence in which you say it is what makes whatever you're saying funny
0: well, yeah, actually, okay. from my own perspective, yeah. with comedy, Under like, like, like,
1: like the, the spontaneous shit that you might bounce off, that's funny. But if you're actually planning stuff, like like Alex, if you're writing, right, or I'm writing, yeah. I don't know if it's going to be funny. Like to me, I feel like it's hilarious. Yeah. Right, right, then, right, right, right. I don't know how it would be. So also whenever I, I try new materials, I'm like, okay, it didn't work. Let me put more confidence mm. in it. And so back you're it saying, up. like,
2: Crowd work is innately just funny. Yeah, in nature, you it know? can yeah. be it's when like, it's like, like going well. Like you have yeah. a
1: conversation with your friend, right? And then he says some funny shit that you have just said. That's funny. That's like Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like planned stuff, it's mm. like you don't know. It different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to put a lot of confidence behind it, and the way you say, it, the way you say it.
2: Yeah. I know for me, like yeah. the the planned shit, it's always shit that you shouldn't say. That said, in like such a like interesting or like roundabout way, mm-hmm. that I find funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like I can't believe you said it, but I'm also impressed you found a medium to deliver it in mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's like interesting. Definitely.
1: Well
0: it's so funny how spontaneity can lead to laughter. Like I was at uh I was at like just a small get together of friends a little while ago. And they we're all fucking book nerds. Mm-hmm. Like we're all really into history. And we were coming up with this thing, we're all a bit stoned, and uh the um we came up with thing, like if historical figures could have a theme song, uh like what song could you give them? Now like there's a friend I know there who's like particularly mischievous and I can see the glint in his eye uh, because uh, I know who he's hoping he pulls out of the hat because we like put right down random different names of mm-hmm. historical figures and he mm-hmm. knows who he wants. He wants the name that he put in there back and thank God he got it because it was, it was Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Fucking and it, it was <laughs> and Tina Turner had just died. Yeah. And so he comes out and it's like, all right, so what's the theme song for Hitler going to be? And he just goes, you're simply the best. And we were just like, God damn it, man. Did so you guys
2: sing the theme-, the theme songs
0: as well? Yeah, oh yeah. Goodness. So like he was just belting out like, yeah, it's like I want to, basically it's, very, it's a very funny idea to me, this guy going, I want to dedicate this to Adolf Hitler. And then mm-hmm. coming out and singing, you're simply the best. Yeah, <laughs> better than all the rest. I mean, it, and in fairness, it kind of works when you compare him with all other dictators. What other dictators are more iconic than Adolf Hitler?
1: Iconic in what way?
0: Like more well-known?
1: Not a lot, actually. Yeah, and and uh, with, yeah. with, with history, right? Um, Hitler, yeah. Hitler so, some, well, I read a book, right? Some, they, someone said the other side of Hitler, right? um there's a love-hate relationship according to the book and basically the one of the pinpointers that i got from that book and that i really said um about a joke is confidence Mm. hitler had a lot of confidence and charisma that's why i feel like that's how he even got to Mm. got to where he is and and if you really learn that just that good aspect of it take you a long way in life like like for example we're talking about the gunk show right i know some comedians that are hilarious right Mm. But just they feel like the gong and and their their time up there is dependent on uh, on uh, on the crowd and all of that, and I feel like they don't put too much confidence in what in what they're saying and how they're saying it. Yeah. Another night, poh,
0: Yeah.
1: They will kill man. So, I just read that. I just found that book very very fascinating. Yeah. Really, the other side of Hitler, obviously, there's, he did a lot of bad shit. But another guy that was worse than Hitler that I feel like a lot of people should know that didn't know is I don't know if you know him, King Leopard. Leopard, fuck is him Leopold, what the King Leopold of Belgium. Yeah, yeah that motherfucker. He yeah, yeah, killed... Yeah, he, yeah. Killed, yeah, he yeah. killed more people. Well, black people, yeah, yeah. In the Congo. He killed just a, just a lot in of fucking birth. people. In, in Africa, he killed more people than... Yeah, he... Adolf Hitler.
0: It's funny, this was like... Late Late 1800s. Late yeah. 1800s. Yeah. yeah. And he did shit so bad that I'm pretty sure it was... The first ever human rights investigation ever. Um, because he did so bad. And he was investigated by other white people. Now think about that for a second. It's the yeah, late 40, 1800s. How bad do you have to treat black people for other white people for other white people to go, mm-hmm. hold That's on a sec, bro? Generation. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. That's like so fucking... <laughs> and what it- was he? Was he like a king of... Belgium. Uh, king of belgium king of belgium yeah yeah he
2: just went um got a lot of in the resources. Congo, right yeah. yeah
1: yeah a lot of resources exploited the people killed yeah people would we'll just work
0: people to death yeah yeah. Much. yeah and like when it was time to like kill them because they couldn't do any more work like he would make sport out of them like the oh, yeah. oh okay, okay yeah so mm. it was it was pretty fucked up i remember reading about that and like yeah that is like one of the fucking unsung horrors of Bro, yeah, I'm not a hero. <laughs> no, I'm so else. I know he isn't. No, he isn't. <laughs> no. Say heroes, hero. read, read about <laughs> it. <Please. laughs> nah, got it. Yeah, King King Leopold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Point is, fuck the Belgians and their chocolate. Okay. Um, so true. I did want to talk to you guys about this. So, the show that you saw me that we both got gonged off at. Yeah. I was second last. So mm-hmm. I didn't want I felt like I'd had a string of good comedy shows mm-hmm. and maybe the the room was like seeing if I could pull it together and rally to fucking like you know, maybe get a weekend spot or something. I don't know, but Sarah is very, very nice to me. Yeah. And she's been giving me a lot of good feedback.
1: She's an awesome, awesome person. Awesome. Just to say that, awesome.
0: And, uh, but I was, I'd never been on that late in a set at the gong show before. Mm -hmm. And I fucking felt a massive fucking anxiety attack come on me, like right before I went on stage. And it was partly to do with just seeing the comedians that got gonged off because good mm-hmm. comedians got gonged off that night mm-hmm. and seeing the comedians who got through who got through and it was just like i fucking i thought like literally a minute before i go out on stage this is gonna fucking like fail so badly here. that's the problem my guy
1: well that's the problem like, how do you because every comedian right i i get anxiety as well before going up on comedy how do you how do you overcome that
0: Well, I didn't do what I normally did. Like when I'm feeling particularly anxious, Mm -hmm. I fucking, I like chuck my earphones in and just go into my bubble, Mm -hmm. but people were violating that fucking bubble on that night. So Mm -hmm. I just felt that like, I felt like I got to start riffing with other comedians. Like I kind of want to be on my own right now, but Mm -hmm. that's not, I'm not fucking getting that opportunity. So I may as well just fucking, you know, Mm -hmm. riff with them. And then yeah, that kind of fucked me because I feel like if I'd done that, it would have been okay. You mm-hmm. know? Do you guys have any similar rituals like before you go on stage to just reduce the nerves? I like go. <coughs> um, I was just thinking about it, and I don't think I had anything
2: that I do intentionally, but I do realize if I'm ever if I'm ever unfamiliar with my my scene, mm. and I think that gives me some anxiety. Yeah, I'll before my set, I'll go into the crowd. And whoever's on, I'm just going to enjoy it with them. And I'm going to get in the crowd. I'm going to be a part of the crowd. I do it for like 30 minutes, you know, 15 minutes. Introduce myself to people. I don't tell them I'm going on. Mm. They might know, they might not. And then when I do come on, it's almost like a sense of, oh, this is, yeah. it was bro that was right here. And now we've got that, that connection. It makes it way easier for me to just, you know, do what I need to do and talk to them and perform to them. Mm. But besides that, no, I think I do get nervous. But when I get up, when I get on stage, it, it just seems to just, you know, evaporate as soon as i'm there
0: it's like oh, it's yeah up. sometimes it does to me sometimes it usually it's getting easier and easier mm-hmm. but like sometimes it's still there so like mm-hmm. how do you manage it chief
1: um with me uh especially if it's like um live shows and all that i go super early like an hour before the show just to mm. see a room empty and all of that i as you normally see at the gongs or wherever i'm performing obviously good good at the back room Mm. say hi to all the comedians and then i leave Mm. i like to be alone
0: Mm.
1: and even if like someone's next to me or i'm sitting down i just shut everything down and just be in that yeah that moment alone and then that's just how i how i do it And five minutes before i feel like i'm next or about to go up then i go into the green room and try to feel feel my my set, but I'm always repeating it in my head. Mm. Like, you know, like just trying to memorize a very, um, good time that I really performed that mm. I felt like that performance was amazing. I just retrace it. That's why I always record myself. Yeah. Yeah. So on the way coming as well to the shows, I listen to myself. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. if, if it's a materials I'm going to say it or not, I just listen to myself and mm. just, I'm um, getting that zone.
0: I've been getting more and more into recording my sets and mm-hmm. it, it, it helps, like watching it back, you a lot, or even
1: listening, man. Yeah. You feel like, oh shit, this was good. I can do better. Then you start writing it again. Well, and yeah. Sometimes that- you even say things that, like, there's sort of cut you There's one thing that um, I performed once, and the punchline wasn't even the punchline that I planned. Mm. But just because I recorded it, I was like, shit, this punchline got a higher laugh than my actual punchline. Yeah. Let me see how I can fit it into, yeah, into this material.
0: Well. There was a joke I did at the windmill recently. Now, like, it was part of, like, a whole, like, two or three-minute, like, whole bit, right? Right. And it was going really, really well. I was very, very happy with it. But I could have ended on a stronger note. Mm-hmm. And, like, I if, I, if I could have done things again, I would have just cut it off at a certain point. Mm-hmm. But, like, I wanted to see if I could flesh it out. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, it's, it's interesting how those experiences, like you know, just to like fucking rein it in. And mm-hmm. it's like, like in, in terms of like your stage performance, cause I know like rappers like to fuck around with like their, like producer on stage, their DJ oh, and yeah. the audience a bit. Like when you're trying to hype up a fucking crowd and trying to get in them in the zone, is there like, is there anything you take from other shows onto the stage to be like, I need to do this to get the audience on my side before I perform or something like that. Yeah,
2: usually it's just a lot of movement. It's it's cap- capturing that same, that energy that I have. Because even though, you know, sometimes I might lean on the BPM and the hype of the song. Like, I know when this song comes on, no matter what I do, the mm. crowd, you know, once a beat comes on, the crowd is, you know, they're moving. They're, yeah. they're doing this. I'm not even saying anything, but they just start doing that. Yeah. But sometimes I, I'll look back at footage and I'll just realize that, that energy and like the charisma and just like how I'm darting back and forth on stage. Like, yeah, I need to capture that. I didn't realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. But when I look back I'm like, <clears> oh, okay. And you know, looking back and I never, in the moment, you never know that you're, that you're, you're on fire. I don't know if you guys do that mm-hmm. in common. You ever look yeah. back like, damn, I was killing mm-hmm. shit.
0: Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes. Yeah, you never yeah. know you're
2: killing shit until like afterwards. Or at least that's what it's like for me.
0: When you know I that? came second at the gong show, that's how I felt. I was like, holy fuck. I was like,
2: on all cylinders, dude. I was this, like,
0: I was like, just in fucking god mode. Like, yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like, and I, I came second to Anisa, I believe her name was. She's this uh, touring pro, and mm-hmm. she was amazing. And like Kanimi? sorry, Anisa Ka- Kanimi? is that Another a lady name? from Canada? Mm, I
1: don't
0: know if she's from Canada. Brownish. She's very black. Oh, Anisa. Um. What's the last name? Got Brisbane, inst- Brisbane.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Brisbane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
0: And, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. coming second to her was like... I could only, like... Because it's like... The the, the nice thing about the gong show is who you end up... Because I've, I've gone past the gong twice now. And it's really cool to see who you end up on stage with. Mm. First time I did it, I was on stage with Martin Darcy and... Um, fuck. I'm ashamed to say... I've completely forgotten. Brump bro. Brum. Yeah. Um, but the, the the second time I did it, Anissa and Hayden Doherty, it was like, Hayden Doherty, and it was like, fuck, it's, it's good. You, you feel like, holy shit, I'm in good company Like mm-hmm. to be standing next to these fucking, like, really, really fucking good comedians. And it's like, comedians who clearly know what they're doing and clearly are like amazing yeah. performers. Do you, do
2: you find yourself, when you're surrounded by that great talent you respect, do you find yourself rising to that occasion?
0: Or do you... Um... Now that's a funny thing mm-hmm. because like it, it sometimes I'm like I feel really, really fucking confident. And then other times I don't feel confident. Yeah. But I still have a feeling of like, you know what? I am not feeling myself right now, but I know I can still crush. Mm-hmm. And it's so like it's almost
2: accepting that feeling. Like, yeah. Hey, I don't feel like like I'm like that yeah. right, right now, but I'm still gonna perform. Yeah, like, like and yeah. it's
0: cause Chris Petrullo really helped me with this. He was like, I remember one time we we came into the green room at a show and I was like, I'm not feeling that tonight. I'm just fucking, I'm not here tonight. And he was like, man, it's like, just be thankful for the stage time. Mm -hmm. And then like that made me think where it was like, and that's why like that night I got gonged off. Like I went up on stage anyway, because it's like, Like I want to be on stage. I want to be telling jokes. It's like nothing but the loss of my voice will prevent me from telling jokes. And the thing is I've done it enough times now that I know I can do it and do it like pretty well and get laughs. So it's like, fuck, like I might fail, but shit, I could, I could also succeed because I've succeeded in the past. So like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I I, I find it if I'm not feeling it, I can overcome that feeling of not feeling it pretty easily, you know? Mm So, but I find that's just something that comes with time, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, how how do you think you overcame that, Jeff?
1: Overcame what? Sorry.
0: Well, like
1: like crowd and stuff.
0: Well, yeah, like those nerves before crowd, especially mm-hmm. like like what he was like what uh, Kay was saying about um, like when you're in good company, good comedy yeah. company. Just like, do you like, ever yeah. feel like daunted by them, or like do you feel like I can fucking roll with these people because I've done Mm. it before
1: Yeah, I don't really feel daunted Um, it just comes with with confidence as well what I realise is that every comedian is different Mm -hmm. in terms of like topic choice how you how you perform and all of that and I feel like I'm different Mm. as well and I feel like however um, however we are it's respected but I don't feel ever daunted Mm. I feel like I'm at that level of like my only competition is myself mm. and how I I um how I write my materials and how I want to be perceived including my persona. And so like with the crowd, one thing that I had to overcome is um just don't really care about the crowd. Cause, yeah, because as a comic once from my own perspective and opinion, once you start caring about the crowd you wouldn't really say what you want to say. You just want to please the crowd. Yeah. And the crowd can see through that. Yeah. But if you just come up and you're like, you know, fuck everybody, this is me. Yeah. Just accept me. This is what I got to say. This is my own opinions mm. and my own way of thinking. Fuck it. Mm. You, you smash. You kill me.
0: Um, That's
1: how I really I
0: do it. find that. That's why, like, I wait out the back of shows. Like, mm. I like being on my own before a show too. Um, and I only go up for, like, the comedians that I want to see. Mm. Like... Because I know a lot of the other... What, what a lot of the other comics are going to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's, a, it's It's I know what you mean when you say don't care about the audience. Mm-hmm. But then that's a fine balance as well, isn't, isn't it too? Because I totally get what you're saying. But it's like we're also there to please our yeah. audience. What I
1: mean, like respect that they're there.
0: Yeah. Right? What I
1: mean by... Don't care. It's not essentially like don't care. Mm. You know, because if you like say, oh, shit, the audience is here. Oh, uh, what am I going to say? Are they going um, to accept me? Are they going to uh, accept my jokes? Mm-hmm. Or Then you start thinking. Then you start second guessing yourself. Then you start doubting your materials. Mm-hmm. But if you get up and be like, you know what? I'm the shit. I can kill this regardless. Mm. You know, the audience is there to listen to me. You go out there. You say your stuff. There's people in there that resonate with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they feel that confidence. You know, regardless of like what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. And a great example of this, um, we might agree, uh, is, uh, is Patrice O'Neill. Mm. When Patrice gets up there, he, he respects the audience. We feel like, yeah, the audience is there. But, you know, this is me. This yeah. is this is how I'm going to say it. Jim Jeffries is a good example as well mm. in terms of like just getting out there and just being in your own aura and inviting the crowd to be in that aura as opposed to the crowd has their own aura and you're trying to yeah, fit yeah. into their aura. I get you, because they yeah. get out there and they tell you she how has, they um, feel
2: and they know that people in the crowd are going to resonate with that yeah. that's where the comedy comes from. So, yeah, so. There's a question I want to kind of, I'm not sure how to frame it, but with us rappers and you know dudes that make music, the art of rapping and the performance sides are two very separate things. Right. Because, you know, your, your product is the music and when you put it out and the live show is something that comes with it. Is there something like similar you guys have with the bits where it's like you have a lot of pride and a lot of a of stake in the, the bits you make separately from the live shows.
0: Um, I find it, there's there's a lot to be said for like the the writing process um, in terms of because now I'm becoming a heaps more confident writer. Like yeah. I just I, I just feel like when I write certain things, it's like I know this is funny. All I've got to worry about is how I present it. Now it's like the the, the key is in the presentation, yeah, yeah, not course, the joke itself. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. confident in the joke. Um, so it's like, that's where I find the real like mix and match and like crossover is, but like, it's a very hard, like balance to strike because yeah, I, I don't really fucking know. It's, it's, it's a hard one. It's like, I find the, the the most I get is the, the writing part, but then in another part, I don't want to be committed to the, the, I don't want to be committed to scripture. Mm -hmm. I like leaving enough wiggle room, leaving enough like, like breathing space on stage so that if I can go in another direction, if I see an opportunity to go in another direction, I can. So that's where I find is the right balance in, in coming up with, coming up with a joke that I don't feel like too committed to. Because like, I remember when I first started, I felt like I needed to rehearse the joke word for word for word for word. Now I just write down dot points. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, okay. yeah, like, so it's like
2: freedom within the joke almost,
0: almost. Yeah. So like, yeah. W- and when I write dot points down for jokes now, rather than writing like a whole fucking page for a joke, I go like, well, I start the, the intro for the joke is here. I go to here. Now, if I get here, I can go in these two different directions, or then I can go straight to here. So it's like, rather than going through a whole script, it's much more like, well, let's see if I, if I get to this point and the audience is reacting this way, Mm -hmm. I can go in this direction or if they go, if they're reacting this way, I can go in this direction. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I like to do it. That's kind of how I like to do it. Um, How do you find it? How do you find it, Chief?
1: Yeah, I agree with you as well. Like, um, leaving enough room for uh, for freedom, basically. Mm. Uh, and one example is one of the jokes that I that I normally say because during that height of um of COVID, I was doing that COVID joke in within the moment, mm. right? Like, okay, COVID is here, and then um and then ISIS is not here. Mm. You know what I mean? But now that COVID is is not here or is here, but people are not scared of it, mm. it's kind of like saying I miss it. Because it prevented this, this, and this. Mm. So if I said I missed it when it was there, there wasn't, like, you know, not enough room for it. But I feel like writing process and um, and performance processes, for me, I feel like um, it's it's the same, it's similar. Based on how I do mine is, obviously, I write, and then I rehearse mm. everything. I rehearse everything, and I rehearse it in a way of how... Um, I listen to it as well. Every mm. response, I, I record myself, okay, cool, this is good. But I feel like this word that I said wasn't too confident because of the way and the pitch tone and the volume in which I said it. Let me put more emphasis on it. Mm. You know, so And then I take that now on stage based on what I've rehearsed and based on what I write. And I feel like um, that's just how I really do, do my own stuff, really. Mm. Because I feel like it, it needs to make sense to me Mm. before it can make sense to the crowd. right? And if it makes sense to me and I'm happy with it, there's got to be a way for it to make sense to the crowd. I've got to make it work Mm. regardless. So, yeah.
0: Now, I want to bring up something of a sensitive topic. Now, because I was confronted with a fucking issue about a a friend. We're going to solve it right now. Well, no, we're not. Because it is sold. (laughs) But, like, and I won't go into details, and, Chief, you don't need to reveal anything, but, like, Mm -hmm. I know you had a fucking issue, which was, like, if it, like, if it panned out differently and you, like, went a different route, it could have ended fucking really bad for you. Yeah. Now, like, I had this fucking issue with a friend who was, like, they, basically, they were making... Only fan oh. stuff There's nothing yeah, wrong okay. with that Make your money mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that Problem is Is that they were making it With their Ex-boyfriend bo- Slash boyfriend I don't know mm-hmm. What that deal was Yeah Their ex This is where it gets confronting And it's like This Ex-boyfriend Boyfriend Is like A pedophile um, And it was like It was so confronting to me How old is the
2: person in question?
0: Uh, He's 21. No, not the pedophile, the OnlyFans. fans. 21. Okay. okay yeah. Okay, okay. Um, and it was like really, like it was really fucked up and all I could like fucking, like there was a lot of fucking like revolting things about that and fucking disgusting things about that. And I just, I felt fucking physically ill because I was very, very like close and friendly with this person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I find out this about them and I'm like, this is. Fucked. And it's like...
2: And are you revolted at the the person that's doing it with them or the pedophile question? Well,
0: both. Both? Because it's... Like, I mean, I the, no, the pedophile's like... It's like you know, obviously. Farting, okay. And that like, person's like, how could you... Because it's like, how could you knowingly be with someone like that? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. how could...
1: Did, did, did she know? That
0: she knew.
2: Okay.
1: okay. She
0: knew. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, so, now I've got
2: too many questions. These questions come well, in. Now. Did like, the pedophile serve time or
0: apparently he's on trial and he will like definitely be going to prison. He's it. on trial now? Yeah.
2: Oh no, nah, screw that. She's, it's all crazy.
0: Yeah. The whole situation is fine. And I just, re- I know. I just remember thinking like, it's like, I don't want to fucking see you anymore. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, yeah. fucking, and it's like, it, it, it's a very weird thing because I remember, I remember when I first started comedy and it, it actually made me think about when I first started, like, when I first started the podcast, first started comedy, like, I wanted to be out and fucking, like, let people know that, hey, like, I fucking grew up a certain way and I was a very, very fucking angry kid and, like, I grew up and was, like, involved in a hate group, which is, mm-hmm. like, something fucking I'm not too proud about in hindsight. But it's, like, it feels like... It it feels like fucking... I I look at celebrities these days when when dirt comes out about them. Mm -hmm. A lot of the shit that actually comes out about them is forgivable. It's the fact that they tried to keep it secret, which fucks them up. And I'm like, I just remember fucking thinking, it's like, I don't want to be like friends with this person in -hmm. 10 years time when something else bad comes out about about them, you know? And it's like, like... Where's, where's the, like, where's the point of, like, uh, forgiveness for shit like that? For because me,
2: I think it's, that's why I asked the question if the pedophile served any time or had any justice served. If he hasn't served that justice yet, then I just don't think, it is not, I'd like, I can't forgive you yet. Like, yeah, say, say he did some fucked up shit, did eight. 10, 15 years, 14 years, got out and eight or something. Yeah. Then I have to trust that you've maybe grown and been rehabilitated as a person. Yeah. You're now worthy of forgiveness. Yeah. And that's how I feel like, you, you know, everyone deserves a second chance, maybe. It's, it's you know, a tough one to call. Yeah. <laughs> I have to think about that while saying yeah. it, but like, yeah, like at its core, like, yeah. No, but
1: the deserving a second chance is basically people have to, have to see that. You deserve the second chance yeah you yeah, yeah. I mean and and with things like that it's very it's a very tricky one it's a very um difficult one really in terms of like obviously pedophiles and then uh, what I read once um in a book was that um pedophile always go back to to their traits either way mm-hmm. you know and um, then they've got a saying in my language um monkey you not know, they left him black hand so basically saying that uh, a monkey is never going to leave his his um his, his black hands because hands are black so it's not words it's like it's with him all the time yeah you know so so, so basically does, this, this is. stain is going to be on him regardless of if he's trying to change himself rehabilitate himself yeah and all of that but kudos to you man I think it just depends mm-hmm. on like how people feel about the situation and how they want to distance themselves from the situation. Well, in, in regards to the
0: in regards to the person who like mm-hmm. fucking slept with the pedophile. Yeah, because yeah. I don't know what dick he was slanging for that bitch to.
1: what
0: was it,
2: fucking? In, dick, right? <laughs> yeah, wow,
0: like what was fucked about it was. The way I found out about it was mm-hmm. I got sent a fucking video from another friend who knows that friend. Oh, with the Only fans. Yeah.
1: Mm. This bitch in the Only Fans with the Well, subscription
0: like, fee better be like two hundred and fifty or some shit. Dude, it was. Uh, I don't know if it's 250, much. Two hundred fifty. I don't know yeah. how much it's worth. No, it can't shit, be bro. worth a lot. But I got sent the link, and yeah. it's like. Like. The dick's not that impressive, and that's, uh, that's, that's probably why he was inserting <laughs> yeah. a massive dildo up his ass. Oh uh, man, he was
1: speaking about like fucking OnlyFans, like um this girl.
0: I watched it for like five seconds before I was like, I'm out. What I, so I don't
1: understand is people. On on. <laughs> before before we finish, what I understand is people that do OnlyFans and then for money, and then they don't make make money off it. I saw this news article that this girl. Uh, was like, you know, I'm pretty and all like that. I don't want to work for nobody. I'm gonna make only
2: fans. Mm-hmm. And the bitch didn't make no money. <laughs> <laughs> she said she doesn't work for nobody. So as yeah. you going only OnlyFans, As far as I'm concerned, like, so you work for me. No, 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 you work for me. And I'm like what the fuck? Like, she like did money. That's that's and a and that's a like crazy reality check right there. If you, if you go on OnlyFans, you're know, thinking like... You Man, I wouldn't
1: story, subscribe so. to no fucking buddy. Porn is free. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry, why the fuck would I pay to go watch titties when I can just Google the titties? Yeah. Or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Wise words, is, people. Yeah,
0: wise yeah, words from yeah. chief. Yeah,
1: like, fucking, why pay 10 yeah. bucks?
0: But, like, that bitch was like trying <laughs> to... <laughs> no, get, but
1: I see... No, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed that now.
0: That cause, bitch. Because a, a lot of people are making
1: money off OnlyFans and they feel like like it's a job. They feel like, um, as I look, however way you want to take this, that's however you want to accept it, accept it like that. But some people feel like, no, some women, because they've got only fans, they feel like pussy is an achievement. Mm. And the only way to feel that is because some dickhead men, Make them feel like pussy is an achievement. Yeah. Like, you know, subscribing. Oh, can you, can you, can we call one-on-one? Can I see your feet, your toe pictures? Oh, can you do that? Like, dude, just fucking,
0: there's Google. I really want to start a an, an artistically experimental OnlyFans mm. where there's no porn involved. What, oh, I, like actually do, what I actually do is like, it's just me, it's a POV of a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You can, you can be whatever you want. We can customize the video if you're, if you're a fella or a lady. I don't care. But, like, it's it's just me doing nice things for yeah. you. Like, bringing you coffee in the morning wow. or bringing you breakfast I like in that. bed. I like that I like And, that. like, I'd love to try that out and see people if I can make money from that. Because yeah.
1: they'll feel like you're doing porn. Because OnlyFans <laughs> is, like, fucking Oh, Netflix. someone will jack off to yeah. it. Like, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <like, like>, OnlyFans <laughs> is, like, Netflix, bro. You don't know what the fuck to expect. Some people. <laughs> Play something. Some people yeah. just, just take, like, other people's pornos and then uh, and then, uh, market it and feel like that's them. And then once you subscribe, yeah, you don't, yeah, you're yeah. not getting your $10 back. You're not getting your 20, 20 bucks back Whoa. yeah there's, there's no refund
2: policy for
1: OnlyFans exactly yeah. so all you
0: gotta do is cancel well, the we I cancel know this the guy this new, guy
2: right? is like he's just someone that's just funny as is like he doesn't do anything but he's like the most funniest dude that's walked the fucking face of the earth we had a deal of making him an OnlyFans page where he has videos titled like stepmom gets stuck in dryer mm. and the video is him genuinely helping her out right and just like playing off titles like that like just subverting it yeah like stepsister doesn't go to school one morning mm and then he just like Gets up and takes her to school And comes back man, home And that's got, the video They've got porn addicts bro I, mean, I was reading about <laughs> it They've
1: got people Who just Ouch. fucking wake up And record themselves Like they just got porn Like people Porn addicts Like not the ones that fuck The ones that just Every day just They just feel like Yeah they're addicted to, watch to watching porn. it Yeah they're like, just got to watch porn And then uh, Like You know Oh man Like Fucking Go get some vitamin C Or something guys. Yeah <laughs> so Fucking Go talk to someone The porn addiction
2: is crazy Cause
1: It is it's a real thing. And and women are exploiting this man because they know they've got weak men. They like, make just, money
2: off of men's weakness. That's yeah. crazy. They just
1: have people that just feel like That's crazy. Yeah. Some people are just weak to even approach women. Those are the people that they prey on and then they become school shooters. Like fucking <laughs> I had a I
0: had a joke I like, wanted just to do.
1: Spread yeah. your legs, let me <laughs> let me hit bro, cause like fucking. Do
0: it for the kids, yeah. cause they're gonna yeah. die soon. Because
1: cool, I read bro. one of the school shooters, he's never had a girlfriend. Mm. He, he, he became a school shooter because, um, he tried to, f- he was really nice to this girl on Snapchat. And then she started making fun of him for views. You know, oh, I told this guy I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not interested in him. God. You know, and he I... keeps coming back. Like, I understand, but some people just feel like, oh, let me try harder. Let me be nicer and, in a certain way. And then he got bullied because of that. And he's like, you know what?
2: Fuck it. And there's and no excuse for shooting up the school, but like yeah, that's yeah. Fucking but, rough. but there are it's things rough, that,
1: yeah. that, that lead that lead to that, you know. What I mean, that's, that's just what I'm saying, man. What I'm saying is that like, if you're out there thinking of shooting a school, and there's 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 pussy for everybody, man. Just
2: go shoot something else. With. Just I had a joke it's, about it's the crazy. Catholic Church.
0: I wanted to do like the the intro to the joke was it was like um, I'm very like obsessed with phrases at the moment. Mm-hmm. Like there's this phrase going around uh, saying "fuck boy summer." And uh, like summer, yeah, and it's like originally I thought that was a slogan for the Catholic Church, right? You know, so, <laughs> like,
1: Catholic Church are another or another people, bro.
0: And then I wanted to get into the section which was like, yeah, the Catholic Church gets a lot of bad fact, but they actually did some good shit. Like, did you know they were the first institution in the world to say a woman can only enter a, enter a marriage by choice. Is that a fact? And that's a fact. Okay. That's because yeah, they're touching like boys. That. Nah, that's
1: because they're touching boys. Well, I really
0: wanted to, like, I wanted to say that on stage, take a pause and then be like, actually, now that I say it out loud, I can see why it was a mistake. Yeah. Something like that. But, yeah.
1: Man, I normally say on, on like, performances that, you know, COVID was great because the Catholic churches were closed. So the young boys were safe. Yeah. And... um yeah but, but one thing I don't really understand yeah. there that I keep yeah, cat- about, like priests the, re- the Vatican yeah it's got its own it's like a whole different state mm. like within within a state that's just what I don't understand I'm really trying to and then they've got um the yeah the we Catholics, got Tasmania though. yeah they said the, ca- the Catholics they've got this thing called Chamber of Secrets and I thought religion was meant to be transparent like what what are the secrets like certain people you can't go in there unless you've got a certain level of clearance yeah of like going into the Chamber of Secrets
0: yeah, like, it's a fucking... Yeah, I, I've heard about that. There's this yes. There's this hidden library, like, deep mm-hmm. within the Vatican that holds all kinds of shit. Apparently, it's got, like, the last copy of the Dead Sea Scrolls. My it's uncle like, was a Pope. Yeah. <laughs> oh,
2: <what? laughs> my, my uncle was no, a Pope. No, he said Chamber of Secrets. Trust yeah, me, I got sidetracked immediately. Yeah, My
1: uncle was a Pope. It. He actually went to, I don't know, Rome or somewhere later, sometime
0: in his well, life. Well, because a lot of people don't yeah, know this, but there's three and then, Popes. Yeah. Three. Yeah. There's the white pope. There's the black pope. There's the grey pope. Yeah. And like, the black pope and the grey pope are actually kind of secret popes. So the black pope is the head cardinal of the Jesuit J- order. Just before
1: you continue, yeah. whatever you're about to say, is it gonna get us killed?
0: Maybe. Okay. Uh, don't say. I'm, I am not in this yeah. chat. I'm not in this. No, 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 no.
1: Continue, continue.
2: I'm just pope saying because. As far as I'm concerned the black pope is Morgan Freeman
1: so I'm, I'm alright no nah, yeah. but but this, this um, as I was saying my uncle was a pope right well well, he tried to be a pope but well, he went there he got his pope certificate <inaudible> or whatever yeah.
0: right and then you mean a priest or like a pope I don't know he <laughs> calls <laughs> himself <laughs> a pope
1: no, no 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 he calls himself a pope right and then so he went there studied and all of that and then he came to to Africa to do his popeness and then he realised that being a pope, pope in Africa is. don't make you money right yeah so let me be a pasta so now that motherfucker is killing it yeah pastors here are suffering let me it's pastors here you gotta go to africa man africa is where you gotta be to make money so you felt like you know being a, a pasta, pasta in africa
2: me- bags money that but even
1: been- even america i was reading i saw this thing on the news one of these pastors has got a a, a, um, a private jet he said he was selling holy water
0: mm.
1: like how the fuck How the fuck do you sell holy water? People watch it on television and then they're like, oh, we're selling this water. It's going to change your life. And then they buy it. We should try this in Australia. I feel like there's a market for this in Australia. There is. There is People, like, the one thing I understand in life is that there are two things that
0: you use to control people. Fear and hope. Mm. Give people hope if they don't have it. Like, because I know some pretty, like... My roommate, God bless him. I love him. He's a lovely guy, but he comes Mm -hmm. from a very religious background. Mm -hmm. I know that there is like an extremely religious bunch of people down in Albany. And I know that there are some extremely like zealous churches in Perth. It's It's like if we built one church... Then we just There's uh, too many churches, bro. Yeah we maybe, maybe But like a grand friends. spectacle. But not like yeah, Africa,
2: is. bro. Like the ones that... the like the, the Muslims in the Chinese yeah. temples the East, you drive past things like no, that's, yeah. Every, that. That's, that's a fucking that's church. A church. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Every street in Africa it's got a church.
2: That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Every
1: street. Sunday this street is screaming. It's
0: like Adelaide. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Adelaide, Adelaide, (laughs) very fucking. Adelaide has, like, a fucking ton of churches, too. Do they? Yeah. Fuck. It's because, like, uh, it's this weird thing. It's like most of, like, the old families of Adelaide are, like, Mm. German. And that's because, Uh, like, the royal family of, like, Great Britain, they're all, like, descendant at the moment from, like, the German uh, royal family. They still got the royal family? Yeah. Well, the Germans don't have a royal family anymore, but they did back in the day. I mean, the British. Yep. So the royal family died. Nah, no, no. no just, just the <laughs> one. Just the one. <laughs> he it was just the one life. bitch. Honestly, oh, Honestly, I was wondering if she would ever fucking go. Like, yeah, when it happened, I was like, oh yeah, she does. Did she to die of natural,
2: natural causes?
0: Course. Well, I wouldn't say natural. But she <laughs> died of causes. She's not natural. That's for right. sure. Man, because yeah.
1: man, I, she outlived everybody.
0: Yeah. Think like, of what she lived through. She she lived through World what? War Two. Yeah, Cold <laughs> War. She lived through all civil the monarchs. Civil
1: rights. All the monarchs.
0: Yep. Monarch Spain, Germany, yep. all of them, bro. She lived through it. Yep. She outlived Joseph, St- she saw Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Francisco Franco, the Vietnam War, civil rights, landing on the moon. I just need two. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Five wow.
1: minutes with that lady. I just, just yeah. explained wow. to her. Wow. Rock
0: and roll. Did, did she write a book? Did she write a book? Bro? I don't think she, she ever wrote, wrote a book. Ne- she would have been a like way. the bestseller, bro.
1: People yeah. yeah. just want to know, experience of, yeah. how she met. not speak to She would have met
0: so many interesting people. Yeah. Yeah. Like she met, um, she met, uh, what was the name of that like really famous African dictator? Um, Idi Amin. Yep, Idi Amin. Yeah, she met Idi Amin.
1: I I, I disagree with you though. I don't feel like Idi Amin was a was a dictator because it just depends on who you ask. Of course. I don't feel Idi Amin. So like one was man's like dictator
0: that. is another man's liberator. One yeah, man's yeah, terrorist is yeah. another so man's f- freedom
1: fighter. People normally say yeah. Um, yeah yeah. She met a lot of people, man. She met a yeah. lot of people. She met she must have met. Which my is own why part, back to my
0: point, part. simply the best uh, by Tina Turner uh, should be sung in <laughs> testament of. Uh, in, in my opinion, Saddam Hussein. Uh, yeah,
2: certainly the best one, Saddam Hussein. Yeah,
0: S- Saddam is the best. <laughs> I, like
2: that. I want to come up with my own. It's going to take me a while. I want to workshop it while we're doing this podcast. Right, are
0: you going to dedicate it to a dictator too?
2: Yeah, I'm going to dedicate... Yeah, nice. I, I might search him up because I know like no dictators. Right. I'm right. not a fucking weirdo. I think you should
0: do like <laughs> Joseph Stalin. Like that's what you should Joseph do. Joseph Stalin. Yeah, like that dude... Killed. Was he Russian? Yeah. Well, no, he was Georgian, but he was born in the Russian Empire. Right, right, right. Okay. So, uh, like, yeah. I reckon fucking come up with a theme song for Joseph Stalin if you can. Yeah. Right. Shall, shall we, like, go into plugs? Because we're at an hour and ten. Shall we go? Yeah, into, uh, yeah right. Do you, wanna, right. you guys want to plug anything? Uh, Yeah. I, mean, I know I'll, you've been dropping some fucking sh- like. I appreciate you. Yes, of I, shit. I've,
2: been, I've, been, I've been trying to keep it up on my game. But, yeah, Kate the Sovereign and all, all, all um social medias. You'll find me at there. If uh, you want to watch me live July 10th at the Royal Royal uh, Burger Place, I think I'm doing a little set there. Mm-hmm. What, what, when does this come out?
0: This is going to be scheduled to come out on Tuesday.
2: Oh, okay, so you guys would have seen this already. But yeah, I'll be announcing that in the next week. My mm-hmm. new single comes out July... What's oh, your Instagram, you say? June 16th. It's K-The Sovereign. That's K K the Sovereign. T-H-A, Sovereign. Learn to spell it. Yeah. Learn to Sounds spell like it. Sounds like a Freedom Fighters name, bro. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. Anything you're digital. plugging,
0: Chief?
1: Yeah, I'm plugging this podcast, man. This podcast, Oh you don't. need more listeners in this podcast, man. Plugging this podcast, plugging Alex. You know, he's doing very great. And um, I just want to say, dude, um, before I plug, whatever I got to plug, man, I feel like I'm proud of you, man. I remember during the early times of you starting this podcast when I hopped on. You know, Yeah. We had a chat and all that, and you were really um, bouncing off each other's comedy mm. ideas and all of that. And I felt like um, watching you back then and now, there's so much improvement, so much growth.
0: Thank you. I just want to say,
1: man, I'm really proud of what you're doing. Keep doing it. And because um, with comedy, man, we, we never know who's going to be the next big thing. But I could say you're, you're there as well if you keep doing this, um, working harder as well. And one advice that um, I'd like to give anybody who's um, basically um, listening to this is someone is something someone really told me that um, he says that um, hard work beats talent. When talent don't want to work hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in other words, it's saying that as much as you feel like you're talented, um, someone working hard is always going to overcome you, yeah. no, matter, no matter what it is. And as well, um, another advice that he gave me that I would like to share with everybody is um, whatever you're thinking now is what you have to do now. Mm. Don't wait like two years to do it or a year to do it because um, whatever you're thinking as well, someone else is thinking about the same thing. You know, so it's best if you do it than someone else do it. You know, yeah. I feel like the universe is very connected in um in certain ways and all that.
0: Leave nothing unsaid, nothing undone.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's just my own my own little thing. And I think on the 16th and 17th, if you'd like to come watch me, I'll be at the, the comedy lounge on Fun, the Friday yeah. and Saturday. So yeah, um, just do your do your thing, man. And and as well, whatever you're doing, just. No matter what it is, um no matter if you feel like someone is 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 ahead of you or you're trying to compete with someone that's the worst thing. Compete with yourself and one thing that would make you stand out um from everyone, no matter what you feel like someone is overpacing you is um it's different hmm. you know people like different, so just be different in what you do and make sure you're different is different if that makes sense
0: well while we're on the subject, thank you so much because when i remember i did that recent performance and you said like dude you have improved so much it was like i felt that way but like hearing you say it like Mm. the first like pro comic to offer like serious encouragement and serious feedback hearing that from you was like a fucking huge like feeling it was like
1: fuck Mm. yes
0: so and like you were the first like you know pro comic to really like really mm. welcome in the there's so many nice comics in Perth but you were the first like big one to just be super duper nice and super duper welcoming to me so like mm. I never forget that I tell people you're my comedy dad mm. and uh that's I, I don't that. tell my <laughs> actual dad that yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like is
1: he black ah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, you know let me tell you down you, down you know bacteria <laughs> 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 I'd
0: love to be your dad bro a, he child. would actually be super nice to you Next um, why is it? i like to see it happen
1: Dude, it, it's... No, no, not about episode,
0: just for a drink. because I, no, I, I, like I would love you to do that because... I feel like your dad is I feel different. like I, I painted my dad in a somewhat harsher image okay. on, a, on a final note because is he racist? Yes, but it's not the kind of racist... It, it's, a, it's a scientific fascination racism. Mm. It's not a... Sci, it's not a... It's not I want to oppress these people racism. Brother by the book. Exactly, you know? So, yeah, he's a fucking... I know he would like talking to you because he's also a very, very big comedy fan. Mm -hmm. And funnily enough, he's also a massive Patrice O'Neill fan. Ah. So, like, yeah, he would love talking comedy with you. And, yeah, you would probably love talking with him. Because he's actually pretty smart, my dad, for being a wacky dude. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'll quickly plug... Actually, you know what? While you were saying an inspirational quote, I quickly... I read this today and it fucking... Let me pause and think. Mm. And it was like, with the courage to start and the discipline to keep going, victory becomes a matter of time.
2: Mm. And like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Run that again. That was like, nice.
0: Yeah. With the courage to start and the discipline to keep going, victory becomes a matter of time. It's like, that was like fucking... <sighs> yeah. I read that and I was like, fuck. That's a good one. Um, yeah, I'll, I love that. That's, yeah, that's I'll quickly lot. plug Sunday Slouchers, guys. Every Sunday at 7.30. It's a little open mic. we run at the 21st Amendment bar? It is only $10 entry and it is also a BYO food venue. You buy drinks on premises, but it's a SIG lineup. The crowds we're getting in are bigger and bigger every week. We're very, very happy with the um, rate of growth. Come down and support it because you're helping local comedy. And to any of the comedians listening, um, all we ask is try out new material. That's all we want. We want a fresh room, trying fresh comedy every week. And we'll have you on as many times as you want. Guys, this has been Profession Anal Degenerates. See ya!